Hi, and welcome to Cycles of Life podcast. My name is Jana Puisha, and I'm a certified life coach, trainer, and human resource professional, and very much a self-development enthusiast. This podcast is about our ever-changing life, because it's never just a simple straight line. It doesn't always have predictable patterns and turns. Everything around us is a collection of repeating and evolving cycles. So this podcast attempts to explore the nuance of life. I will be sharing thoughts and stories based on my self-exploration and work as a life coach, but also interviews with inspiring people. Hi, Natalie. Thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast. Ah, It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, Just before we jump in, I would love to know, kind of in a few sentences, who you are and what you do right now. Ah, so my name is Natalie Farrell and I am a solopreneur. So I have a couple of businesses um, and I work with uh, other solopreneurs and light leaders to encourage them into their leadership roles. And then I also have a yoga wear business, which is a little random, but we will get into that, I'm sure, in the in the conversation. Um, and yeah, I just love connecting and connecting people. You know, I love that's that's what I am. I'm I'm a light worker. <laughs> I have so many questions popping up already in my head. So, <laughs> so it's quite a title. What kind of led you to be where you are right now? Because I had a little nosy um, kind of in your past life, if you like, and just to see what you've been up to. You've done so many different things. Yes, I was just having a conversation with a client about labels. I find labels really, really interesting. Actually, through my knowledge of NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming and beliefs and limiting beliefs to obviously empowering beliefs um, and how we can become cocooned uh, into a label. Um, Our names themselves are labels. Uh, So... Yeah, I've been I've been many things. Um, definitely an explorer. I, I, I'll take that one. I, I, I like that. An adventurer. Um, but when I was eight, I started playing the piano, and I just really felt a connection with music, with music, the language of music. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started, I don't know whether you've ever played an instrument, but if you do an exam, you have to kind of do these oral tests. And the piano teacher was said to my mum, your daughter has a really good voice, recommended a singing teacher. And this was at the age of nine, 10, started singing lessons. And I think at that point, you know, we're so open, we're so susceptible to trying and having you know having a go just before the the dreaded teens come in and all those hormonal changes and I don't know what it was but singing just captured me in the most beautiful way and if I look back on it now um you know I feel that the the role of communicator is is definitely you know it's definitely in my teaching to communicate to share words but it started with the singing. And I think singing really helped me to become very confident in my own voice, confident to try, confident to, to have a go. Um, so from the age of 13, I was doing auditions. You know, I was standing in front of panels. I was on in the spotlight. Um, and it's a metaphor, but I was physically in that in that as well. Um, and yeah, just talking about it now, I feel really 
really, really um, grateful. Mm-hmm. Really grateful for being rec- that being recognised by my Mrs. Chalmers, my piano teacher, <laughs> um, and having the chance to express in that way at such a such a young age. And if you ask my mum, my mum always says, you know, never had to worry about Natalie. Natalie just knew exactly what she wanted to do. <laughs> That's amazing, and I think it's such a powerful message because often as kids we know what we're here to do. Yes. Well, we know it in our own kind of childhood bubble, really. So we can't really express what does that actually mean. But we know, yeah. like, I remember when I was six, I wanted to be a hippie. That was my life aspiration. <laughs> hey. that, that's it. Like, I didn't, I didn't know what that meant, but that's what I wanted. So actually now I'm 34 and I'm realising, well, I think I am a bit of a hippie now. <laughs> Yeah. And again, it's a label, you know, you're so much more than more than a more than a hippie. Mm. But I think, you know, we there are certain aspects, you know, that that we attract to within, you know, within these within these labels in terms of how we want to live our life, how we want to, again, express ourselves, who we want to hang around with. Um, And yeah, I love. um, Yeah, I've, I've, I've kind of a re-adopted this the word vagabond mm-hmm. um which uh, when I was talking to um Freedy he's my my soulmate when I was talking to him about it he's like well I think that has kind of like negative connotations and I was like really but it only has that if if we allow it I, I love mm-hmm. stretching things I love you know I love taking it and stretching it and seeing what else can we make from it what what can we create from it? Um, you know, and, and is it truly right for us? So I love, I love that, that you're a hippie. <laughs> That's how my <laughs> six-year-old self saw myself in the future. But I think it's because we were so much more connected to our intuition when we were kids. And yes. then over the years, as you said, so many more labels got kind of strapped on top of us and we just lost that ability. Yeah, but it's still there. Mm. This is... absolutely. This is the this is the power, um, you know, and this it is it is still there. And when people uh, come into my space, hang around with me, um, they they really feel that playfulness. But it hasn't always been like that. And mm. I did lose I did I did lose that. And I lost it actually through singing. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, um, it was. It's an interesting thing, I think, because you know, creation is fun. Creation is rolling. Creation is movement. You know, it's ever evolving. And I think sometimes when you make something your job, it becomes Mm -hmm. stuck. (laughs) Ah, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely relate. Um, I'm very much into crafts. (laughs) So I actually have a little Etsy shop where I sell knitted things. And that's when I started that shop, I realized, ooh, that's a lot of pressure on this and actually stopped becoming fun. Mm. So it's a very fine balance there, is it, to kind of keep it fun, but also I don't even know where this sits really. Yeah, it's well, I think I think for me it becomes responsibility. So that's Ah, yes it's responsibility Mm -hmm. and then what comes into that is what you were talking about these these labels that become kind of hidden from through conditioning through beliefs and and that responsibility Mm -hmm. um and 
you know, I, I went to university, I got a music degree. So singing really, it, it was a big part of my first, you know, uh, well, from 10 till 35. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's starting to make a comeback, but we might talk about that a little bit later. Oh, um, I was actually just going to ask. Still sing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I still, I still sing. I still sing. Yeah. But it's, in that in that interim of okay now I need to make a living out of this mm-hmm. there was something that yeah just got very stuck and it became very practical and yeah. um not so yeah just just, just became adult because mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw that you had a corporate job as well and it's interesting so, so all the women that I have interviewed so far everyone followed very similar cycle grew up mm-hmm. did the thing there was expected out of us so they thought that's who we are went to the corporate career and then something happens and we start changing things we start shifting so I wonder if you could talk about that moment in your life yeah so we we want to fit in and uh you know I became um so after graduating from university uh, or music college um, in Manchester in England Um, I yeah I had to I had to work now in in terms of corporate um, I I wouldn't necessarily say it's corporate because I have always worked for myself Mm, okay Um, so definitely entrepreneur but now Mm -hmm. I'm calling myself a solopreneur because my work is much more soul-led um, but yeah, I worked for I worked for myself, but in other establishments as well. And yeah, I just got into the into the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of people are talking about this right now, especially after COVID. You know, and we were given more time to have time for ourselves to go into that more expressive um, uh, realization of what we you know what we want. Um, yeah, and I suppose what just happened is fitting in that I felt that I needed to fit into certain timeframes, certain, you know, financial frames. I bought a property at the age of 27. I was doing everything by myself, you know. I was really kind of really being led by the masculine um, structure. And I totally forgot about the playful uh, Natalie. And to fit in, I wanted to look the most beautiful. Um, I really became um, very controlled by what I put into my mouth, into my body. um, And I was bulimic. And yeah, I just got more stressed. I got more um, disillusioned by... By life, I wanted to be married. Every boyfriend didn't work, you know, relationships weren't working, but people were, the men were so highly attracted to me because mm-hmm. I was so motivated. There was so much drive and energy, which there still is. Um, but it, it didn't work because I wasn't balanced in the sense of being balanced in my views of life and also balanced um, within the masculine and feminine energy, which resides in all of us. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether we're female or mass or, or male, we have these these sides, you know, that, mm-hmm. that want to talk to each other. They want to communicate well. And, and mine most certainly weren't. <laughs> <laughs> so was there some sort of trigger point or something that almost forced you to look outside and kind of connect to that spiritual side of yourself? 
Um, yes, there was. And it was when I was sitting on the sofa at home um, and I was suffering very badly from panic attacks. Um, there's a little bit of a backstory. Um, so the, the panic attacks were triggered by uh, an alert. I was allergic to wasps, which I didn't realize. Okay. So, but it, it triggered something within the within the within the nervous system, the panic that started to happen. Um, and it was triggered a lot when I was by myself. And I have just recently written, written a book called Light the Way. And what happened, and I tell it in the book, is that it I just it was Sunday afternoon and just being with myself in that way mm-hmm. you know being panicky and not I mean the panic attacks were so bad that I felt people feel they're going to die but for me I was like I started kind of coming out of my own body and it was just this really weird experience mm-hmm. and I was like you need to get a grip you know so I was like I was talking to myself um but not in a negative way it was like something was helping me to realize that there was so much more Mm-hmm. And that I didn't want my Sunday afternoons to be by myself. Um, you know, I used to work every day apart from Sunday. I would be working 60, 70 hours. I'd be pushing my energy levels, just pushing everything. Um, my friends would want to be with me, but I didn't have enough energy or time, you know. So that, w- that was the trigger point. It was that mm-hmm. panic attack. And it was like, I don't want to walk again to the garage to, to get food to snack on to then puke up. And I actually want to start honoring who this person is. There's much more yeah. to life. Strong, so eh? powerful. Yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting that in everyone's life, there is a moment for you, like a wake up call in a way. Yeah. Yeah, and I believe there's probably numerous wake up calls before that, but we just don't hear them. Yeah, yeah, and it's just how willing we are to ignore it, and then it kind of gets more serious and serious and serious. Yeah, until it manifests. Mm, That's what this this ease is. If you separate the if you separate the word, Um, you know it's we yeah we we cause through Mm -hmm. um the the scientific uh, um, uh, behind it because we have our nervous system and our nervous system is filled it has many different parts and it's the parasympathetic part of our nervous system which a lot of the time is out of balance um Mm -hmm. you know if we're in high stress we're fluxing the body a lot with um you know obviously adrenaline and and hormones that um, you know that our body is trying to deal with you know our body's yeah. always trying to do its best and yeah I, I think you're right there are wake-up calls we all have probably follow patterns of similar wake-up calls um, and yeah it's just when are we ready to to listen to to them um, before hopefully before it gets into mm-hmm. any serious um, illness um, but of course I was harming my body um yeah you know so but it seems like such a long long time ago now but what it what it um what it did for me is when I look back now um so one of the uh, strap lines that I had for the for yummy yoga girl the yoga wear business was um you know to feel comfortable in your own skin 
Mm-hmm. So it provoked the the next part of my life. That's fascinating. Learning about a different path. I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much <laughs> for sharing that. I just think it's really interesting. So what was the first kind of things that helped you? Was it was it yoga or was it something different? Uh, it was a conversation with a Reiki master in mm-hmm, yeah. my aunt's kitchen in, um, in, a, in a, a family party. And I felt like I felt different. I felt lost. I didn't know where to go. Um, I had feelings of, um, you know, that I was intuitive, that I was different, um, but I didn't know. And then there's just one conversation with with Joan just shifted so much. And she said, why don't you come? And there's some disciplines that we can go through Reiki. Um, Mm -hmm. She explained what Reiki was. And then also um, she did something called EFT, which is emotional freedom technique, which is a tapping technique. And it was there that it started. And just to kind of what what I'm being guided to tell you all as well is that um, what came up for me was how can I afford this? Um, How can I honor this to myself? Um, But I, I just knew that I had to put it in. I knew that it had to be part of my weekly care. And then what came out of that was a book that I read, as we do, you know, you find the books, you find the new resources. And in that book, it said um, to to help me recover from the bulimia, to find a food buddy. And I was with uh, a boyfriend at the time and I asked him, he said no. So I said, bye bye. Love that. (laughs) And uh, and, uh, my angel friend, Adam, um, who I was working with at the time, I was doing some singing teaching for him. I said, on Thursdays, when I come in to teach for you, would you mind us just having a little check-in, a little chat? He said, of course not. Absolute pleasure. So I'd go and do my food shopping. I'd put all the food in that I thought was naughty and bad for me. Um, And then I, you know, we'd have a little check-in and that's how it started. Mm, Amazing. Just for anyone who doesn't really know what Reiki is, would you be able to explain uh, yeah, I can explain that there are different systems and there are different schools mm-hmm. to Reiki, but Reiki is um, the meaning of it is the universal energy. Yeah. So energy is everywhere. And the best way to, uh, to to come into alignment with believing this is to bring your hands together, rub them together, and then you start feeling heat. Yeah. <laughs> and you start feeling the heat. And then if you open your hands, you might feel a little bit of tingly sensation um and then you might move your hands together away and you can feel a a pulsation and Mm -hmm. that's that's energy and what the reiki masters the reiki teachers do is that they they just kind of translate that that energy into into healing um and when you're you just lie down on the table it's very relaxing Mm -hmm. um and and it turns into heat have you ever had Reiki before? I haven't, but actually I've done a few courses on it. So I haven't a bit of an idea of what Reiki is, but I just want, I just don't think a lot of people actually realise. And I don't know if my own biases, but I think a lot of people have some um, preconsumptions around Reiki. So I just wanted you to explain that as well, because it makes so much sense <laughs> the way you put it as well. Yeah. And also we have, if, you know, again part of our conditioning is if we can't see it then 
how's it true? Yeah. <laughs> and this goes back. I love working. I love working in cycles and circles. This goes back to what you're saying about your six-year-old self and all that energy and that we believed in magic and, you know, we, we had connection with, you know, with, um, yeah, with, with the unknown, I suppose, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't question it. Um, yeah, I've worked with some amazing Reiki practitioners over, over the years. Um, yeah, it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And actually what I always say when people make that point, it's like, well, I can't see it. So it doesn't, doesn't mean, I don't think it exists. But what I always say is about 100 years ago, we didn't know electricity existed. <laughs> we didn't use that. And actually yeah. now here we go. Same with mobile phones. 30 years ago, mobile phones didn't really exist either. So you never and know, 50, 100 saying- years later, we might be able to see these energies. Yeah. And I love that you're saying that because, um, you know, what, 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 what is it? How do we, how do we hear each other on the telephone? It's about waves, sound mm, waves. Yeah. And that's that's what energy is. Also, it's a it's a wave of wave of energy. Um, yeah, trans- and and I think with technology like TV and the language that you use all around that is transmitting. You know, and and that's the same thing with um, with energy healers. That's what they're doing. They're transmitting energy, transmuting it to you know to to heal. Mm-hmm make somebody just feel a little bit better I mean who doesn't like just feeling a little bit better (laughs) relaxed I mean (laughs) absolutely no I agree (laughs) I think it's fascinating um so what was actually wanted to ask you about as well so I know you've tried so many different things in life and I wonder how because I feel for me just even like reading about all the things that you've done almost get that sense of fear it's like oh my god there's so many different new things to try like sets me in a state of anxiety a little bit but what gave you that freedom almost to try these different things yeah um yeah oh I love this okay so when I at the age of 33 I made that decision to I stopped teaching and to have time for time for myself. And that's when I met uh, Freedy. And this is really, I suppose, when I got to really meet the, that kind of get into my female side mm-hmm. and really, really kind of enjoy this, this feminine energy. And I'd saved some money. So I decided to go and do my yoga teacher training. And but because I'd burnt out, I thought, in actual fact, I do really need to take rest I talk a lot about deep rest. So I took a year off. Um, and I suppose within that year, that's when, because I had a year, I mean, you know, it's, it's a lot of time. Um, and there were things that I wanted to get over. I wanted to get over um, just some really tiny little things. Like when I was in America driving on the other side of the road, like that induced fear and anxiety in me. But I wanted to get over it. I wanted to do it because I know from reading and from courses and um, obviously um, new education that I was bringing to myself is that, um, you know, there's, it's called the fear barrier, the terrier barrier. We need to go over in mm-hmm. order to, to know that it is safe on the other side. Um, and then I suppose being with Freddie, he's an adventurer. He <laughs> just loves trying new things as well. I mean, I've tried a few things that I have really not liked, um scuba diving is one of them but I still want to give it another go um 
And I was being pulled into this world, his world as well of adventure. And um, yes, we went traveling uh, for quite a while. And then what came about was in actual fact, how do I want to, I want to build another business. What do I want to, what do I want? What does freedom look like? What does the structure look like balanced between the, you know, the female and the male, um, you know, everything that I've learned. And I was like, I do want to be online. And um, so I went and educated myself with a few more different courses. Um, And I was still doing some singing teaching at that point. Um, uh, Some of my pupils came back to me. You know, they wanted to, some of them are at the Brit School. It's a school in uh, Croydon that I actually went to myself as well, which is really amazing. Um, And so it was nice. So I was getting like a steady flow of income. And it was giving me that chance and that choice to expand and to express. Um, and, you know, it's really interesting because I had a quest, I had a conversation about support the other day. And I think sometimes as females and as males, males, you know, take on that, the, the leader, uh, the, the protector role. Mm-hmm. And females kind of sometimes feel guilty about being supported. Yeah true relationship with ourselves and true relationship in harmony with you know another self another being there is always support you know but we need to accept and learn that we we are going to be supported um so yeah I was supported also you know in 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 our in our romantic nest you know um yeah (laughs) No, it's fascinating. Thank you so much for sharing that as well. Um, what I'm also interested is um, in your website. So you talk about obviously doing this all things trusting, um, but also you talk about failure and that you failed a few times. And I love how freely you talk about it. Just wonder if we could just touch on that as well a little bit. What does failure mean to mean to you? <laughs> to yeah, it means it means having a go and and trying and then learning by your mistakes but if you asked me that question in my mid-20s it would have been associated to money it would have been I started a business I made a product it didn't sell it would have been very black and white um, but I don't see failure like like that anymore um, for example, you know, going back to the music days, um, you know, taking an exam. I remember one piano exam, I got 101. So you just need to get one point to get over. And I was like, oh, you obviously mm. felt fine. <laughs> <laughs> but to me, as a perfectionist, that could have been perceived as failure. I failed. I didn't work hard enough. I didn't practice hard enough. So I think if you get under to the, the layers of failure, it, it comes back to how do we talk to ourselves? Um, how do we set, you know, param- the parameters, the goals for ourselves? And um, this is where, you know, allowing comes in and trust because everything has to take steps. Every process has, you know, has to take steps. And that's why now I'm talking more freely about my failures um, because I learned so much from them and I wouldn't be here now talking to this level of authority in the sense of um, being embodied in in those mistakes, you know, and in the learnings from them. Mm, I think it's so much power in actually 
looking back and saying, yeah, that's where I probably went wrong. Or actually, I had to make that mistake to learn something from it. Yeah. And power and freedom. Yeah. At the same time, we're told that as well as children. Mm. So where do we... Where, do we, where does it become misconstrued? Where does, where, I mean, I'm, and this is part of what I get fascinated about, that language, how we use language and yeah, how, where does it just get a little, where does it get kind of messed up, I suppose? Mm-hmm. And lost, yeah. What conditioning does that to us? <laughs> yeah. Are we just too afraid to try and play and try different things and see what happens? Yeah. Yeah, so in, it's interesting that obviously your response was a little bit of, um anxiety um because obviously I, I i don't mean that but also you know there's obviously something within you that's eager to try something and i see that as a blessing because you've been you've been triggered in in some way and now you know that you can ask questions you know what is, why is it causing the anxiety and you know and then it and then it leads to change and evolution and no absolutely I think for me as well something triggers kind of like anxiety or excitement it's hard to tell apart them sometimes I know that's probably something that I need to look into because that's something that somewhere inside of me there's a note that has been triggered by it so I need to I need to search deeper see what's hiding there and I remember that my story is over um quite a few years now (laughs) (laughs) I just I just love hearing other people's stories. I think it's fascinating to see how we'll grow and change and develop and how things move around. Yeah, yeah, totally. And and it's what I love. It's what I love about life. Um, and when we unstick ourselves, uh, you know, there is there is true there is true freedom to be had. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. So, what do you do now? What kind of your work life looks like what yeah. projects do you have yeah so my life is very much online and uh, very digital so I am uh, a radio presenter at Wellbeing Radio I have a show called Cosmic Soul Sessions and I invite in uh, creatrix light leaders you know people that change makers that are changing the way to introduce new ways to people and then my week typically looks um I have these uh, meet yourself calls so new clients coming in and having time for themselves um, I'm just launching a new product called the discovery portal um mm, where wow. people can really have that time that sacred container you know to to really expand uh within a within a month um and spend that dedication to themselves and I have my own podcast. I'm just on a little bit of a break from that because I just launched my, just finished my book. Yes, uh, I know. Yay. <laughs> I think you it. Thank you so much. It so, means so much to me. And that's been a seven month process. Um, and so now I am going to enjoy the, the freedom around in my, in my, in my week. Um, because at the last part of the writing process, it was a dedication of 20 to 25 hours a week um, for editing and all the other processes that go into bringing it, you know, into, <laughs> into mm-hmm. the world. Um, and then play, I, I play, I do, I, I teach yoga um, and yeah, I play and I connect. Um, yeah. Why not mm-hmm. with my little baby? 
<laughs> what I really like that you said as well, that you have freedom now, a bit more freedom in your days. Because I think what is interesting is the and in regards to productivity or work in general, we think that we have to be doing the same thing every week. And I love how playfully you look at life and actually, yes, I have this busy period, but actually afterwards, I'm just going to give myself some freedom. I'm going to enjoy it. Exactly, exactly. And um, I actually did start to play around with, as I said, I like stretching things. I started to play around with my timetable when I was teaching, you know, doing those 60 hours a week. And it just kind of came to me. I was like, I, I'm the creator. I, why, am I, why am I going in at 8 a.m. till 6 p.m.? Let's start changing this up. Let's do 12 till 10. I started getting used to working in the evening. And I used to have a lot of limiting beliefs around that. I was like, oh, I get tired in the evening. Uh, you know, and, and so that's what I mean by stretching. I started to play. Uh, I'm kind of seeing like, you know, when we were children, we had like, um, what are those bricks things called, you know, and just, yeah, just puzzles, I'm making mm. it and, and, and changing it up to see what actually worked for me. So I did actually start doing that and shifting my, the time of my week around. I, I, ha- I definitely have Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays off. But then what happens Saturday is I get this flood of new ideas that come in. Mm. Um, so I say to, uh, one of my people on my, on my team, I'm like, sorry, but Saturdays are just like when the energy comes in, it's, you know, do you mind sharing? So I set boundaries as well, you know, with the people that I'm working with and, you know, we have to respect that. I respect that that's her day off and I wait and I, I share it on Monday with her, you know, and it's keeping this conversation flowing as well. I think between yourself and, you know, between any work colleagues that you're, you know, that you're working with. Mm, absolutely. Or oh, resonate so much. So I was actually thinking a lot about this recently, how nine till five, Monday till Friday is such a fake <laughs> construct. We're mm. literally just made up out of nowhere. It did make a good song, though, didn't it? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Very true. But so what? You can change that. And we all... Yeah. Yeah, some of us can work more, some of us can work less, different days, different times. It's so fluid. Exactly. And then what comes out of that is our energy becomes more balanced. Mm, Yeah. You know, if you think about like maybe a family dynamic, you know, if they're both, they're both, you know, working. I mean, I know you obviously get shift workers as well, but you've got to find that time in the middle. If you, if you put it like in two circles and put the time you know in the middle where they both have time free time and to make the most out of that together and set you know separate because I think sometimes we offer too much time or too much emphasis to look after other people and mm-hmm. yeah, it, I know there's been so much talk about balance but it is so important um yeah. you know to, to get that to get that balance but yeah Blow up, blow the illusion, blow up the nine to five. What's it gonna, what's it gonna look like, you know? No, love that. And I feel like I could chat to you forever. I'm just very conscious of time now as well. <laughs> um so what do you have coming up next? Obviously, your book. So what is the book about? Yeah, so the book is called Light the Way, and it is a, a guide, a companion for for people who are ready to make to make change so want to imprint into the world uh, their their message um it, it 
it goes through the seven stages of wake-up calls, as we were talking about earlier in the podcast. And so how you can be more aware and how you can listen into them. And then it goes through into uh, how you actually can get rid of the limits and become more limitless. And then really embrace intuition and how can you use intuition more in your in your life. Yeah, and some people are already reading it. I've got a book club going on right now, so I'm getting really great feedback. And some people are saying that there's some profound messages and some of it's been channeled, which has been amazing. I've had some mm-hmm. uh, poems that have come in. And yeah, I feel like it's one of those books that you can you can read initially, but then you'll come back to and open up. And you know, there's journal exercises, meditations, activation. It's, yeah, can't wait oh, for it yeah. to go. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So when is it officially out? Um, oh, I don't think I've officially, officially said this day. So this oh. <laughs> is exciting. <laughs> but the 16th of September is the, oh, amazing. the launch date. But there are people can pre-order and I'm offering a signed copy and then uh, an intuitive message as well um, for people uh, that, that pre-order. And yeah, and then... As I said, I'm just kind of launching now this discovery portal um, and that has really come out of the work that I've done through the book um, and listening to what people need and want. Brilliant. I will link everything below. Um, Is there any other ways of communication that you, uh, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, what are the best ways of doing? So, yeah, I do have my website, which is cosmicsoulschool.com, but the the best way is Instagram. um, Okay. my handle is natalie r farrell so it's my it's my name and yeah and then you can go into the bio and and there's you know links into into everything mm-hmm. there that we've talked about yeah i would like to add as well so i had a little nose in your website earlier on and you have so much free stuff as well on it so i think anyone yeah. who's interested like loads of free meditations and yeah fascinating stuff so i think it's very generous to share that yeah, yeah. And there's a there's a great um, 21 day. Um, uh, it's like a well-being challenge on there. So if people are, want, are just starting off and, and feel that they um, want to work through that, then yeah, they can download that as well. Brilliant. No, I will link everything below. So my parting question that I like to let, ask everyone is, if you could give a younger self a message, what would that be? Yeah, it's, it's going to be okay and it's enjoy yeah enjoy enjoy the steps enjoy enjoy what comes and be more open to to seeing the uh, the opportunities and appreciating them yeah thank you I think we all could do a bit of more more of that as well in our lives <laughs> Natalie, thank you so, so much. It's been fantastic. As I said, I feel like I could chat to you for hours. So, <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much. I've loved, I've loved chatting uh, around these topics and being here. Thank you so much. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you so much for listening. It would mean a world to me if you rate this podcast. If you're using an Apple podcast app, all you need to do is just scroll down a bit and hit those five stars. Don't forget to subscribe, that way you will not miss any future episodes. And if you would like to work with me as a life coach, you can find all information on my website and you can get in touch with me through my Instagram or email. All will be linked in the show notes.